You're listening to the Mess and Mercy podcast with Katie Sanders, where you'll be inspired to grow in your walk with Jesus and live out your God-purposed life by faith and obedience. Now, here's your host, Katie Sanders. Hey, everybody, it's Katie. I'm so glad to be back with you guys. I cannot wait to give y'all this word from the Lord. Um, I'm going to try to make it through without crying something that um has been extremely convicting for me something that I pray that you will receive and um just take it to your heart and um let the Lord work through and in it um a little over a week ago I was rolling around in the floor with my little boy and I was tickling him and when I stopped He got up and ran and wanted me to chase him. And he was like, Mama, Mama, tickle me again. And so I did. And he laughed and laughed and laughed until it got to where he couldn't breathe. And um, I stopped and I let him catch his breath. And he said, Mama, sometimes when you get tickled, it hurts. And... (laughs) In that moment, my eyes just welled up with tears because God delivered his big voice through my very little, very innocent little boy. Sometimes it hurts. And I'm in this season, have been in this season, where I'm both so grateful and so sad the longevity of some of um, my suffering seems unending. But also, I've been so gifted with things from Christ and my walk with Him. And so I'm so, 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 so incredibly thankful for all that the Lord has trusted me to walk through. But I'm also so, so tired. And... I have these conversations with God and I I beg him to show up for me and to teach me and mold me into what I need to be and make me in his image. And that feels really good until it doesn't anymore. Um, Kind of like me tickling my little boy. It does tickle until it doesn't. And then you can't breathe. Living a life of reverence to the Lord is very much bittersweet because we are not at home here on earth. Once we've decided Christ is our Savior, we become visitors here. And in this place, in our temporary home, we are called to be humble servants to our Father. And that sounds really warm and fuzzy until you actually understand the meaning of humility. Um, Humble and humiliate both translate from the Latin word humiliare or from humilius, meaning to bring low. Um, Two words I found I have always poorly defined prior to my time with the Lord are both pride and humility. I kind of saw pride as arrogance or haughtiness, I think. Um, It kind of makes me think about somebody that's overconfident or 
kind of just obnoxious, honestly, where humility I see as meek and mild-spirited, and while all those things are good descriptions, that's not exactly how how they always manifest in our relationship with the Lord. You may have saw this post that was kind of floating around on Facebook a couple of weeks ago that said, are you humble? And then it said, wait until God asks you to serve someone that hurt you or to bless someone that betrayed you or to minister to the very people that salted your name. Are you humble enough? And of like, wow, that felt so personal to me. And I was like, yeah, I mean, are, are you humble enough? Because God made me do that. And then I felt this sense of pride because I had been put in that situation. And in that moment, I felt a sense of righteousness because I had tried to be the good girl and throughout all of my walk with God, one of my greatest struggles has been this, and I'm just being honest, this uncanny need to desperately want people to see and understand my pain. And so I'm in this constant battle with Christ about my side, quote unquote, but knowing all the while that my ministry has absolutely nothing to do with me, but it's Christ manifested in and through me. And y'all, that is the absolute entire point. I actually recorded this podcast a week ago and it didn't record. And I'm so, so thankful because I caught another piece of scripture that really applies to what this is saying. And I was talking to my husband this week and I was finishing up Revelations. And I'm just going to be real with y'all. The last few chapters of that book of the Bible tell of a picture of heaven and how incredible it's going to be. And it It makes me want to cry even saying it out loud, but there are people that continue to hurt me over and over that call themselves believers that I have to share that experience with one day. And that doesn't seem fair to me always, but thank God that everything isn't fair because if it were, I wouldn't be in heaven either. And this scripture says, let the evildoer still do evil, and the filthy still be filthy, and the righteous still do right, and the holy still be holy. It goes on to say that, Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last the beginning and the end. And that comes out of Revelations 22, it's verses 11 through 13. And I just told Nils, like, you know, it doesn't seem fair that people call themselves Christians and they act like they do and they, and that those people are saved and their sins don't count. And I'm saved and my sins don't count either, but somehow it's like God tells me over and over and over that it doesn't matter that as much 
as what I do does not matter because I'm saved by grace, that what I do and say absolutely does matter. And I know it does. And then I get angry and and I swear I immediately feel guilt because I know that God is good and he is using all of these things to shape me as a person. And it is good, but it doesn't feel good. It tickles until it doesn't. And we all pray those prayers asking God to show up and transform and heal and make new. And what we don't realize is that it is in our weakness that he is able to show us his strength. And the ultimate goal is not to heal this or that, but to save our souls. And God is far more preoccupied with our eternity than he is our feelings. And that's hard. God is so much more preoccupied with our eternities than he is our feelings. And submitting to that, that is humility. It's not a meek and mild spirit. It is letting go of the need to have the last word or the best plan or do things our way. That is humility. And I don't believe that Christ ever intended to cause us pain. Like he does not want us to physically hurt, but he does want a relationship with us. And and that's the gospel. The perfect picture of grace and wrath both poured out was Christ on the cross where ultimately darkness met the ultimate and greatest love. And while we aren't Christ and can't possibly relate to the separation and the pain that our Savior felt in that moment on that cross, it tore the veil between heaven and earth. And because of that pain and that unfairness and that suffering, you and I have immediate and unseparated opportunity of communion with our Lord Christ Almighty. And how good is that? It hurts. It does hurt. And it hurts because it's the gospel. We hear all the time, my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. And yes, the Bible says that. But do you know the story behind that verse? It's why it's so important to not just take snippets from the Bible or verses or, you know, get in there and feed yourself. Let's let's just read the verse, my grace is sufficient. It's in Second uh, Corinthians 12, and it starts in verse 7. And this is Paul speaking, and he says, So to keep me from becoming conceited, to keep me from becoming prideful, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given to me in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from coming, becoming conceited, to keep me from becoming prideful, a thorn was given to me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord. Three times I begged about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, 
for my power is made perfect in weakness. And therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weakness, with insults, with hardships, with persecutions and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. One more time. It says, therefore, I will boast. I will be excited, happy because of my weaknesses so that Christ may rest upon me. I'm going to be glad for my weaknesses so that Christ will be near to me because for the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, with insults, with hardships, with persecution, with calamities. That is him saying, I am content with not being okay. I am content with people talking about me, hurling insults at me, saying things that are unfair. I'm content with hardships, with difficulties in my marriages, in my friendships, at my place of work. I am content with persecution, being pressed on all sides from things, whether fair or otherwise. I am okay with calamities, with disasters, because for all of these things that Christ has given me, because of this, I am strong. Do you understand that? God desires you and me, but we are human and we are absolutely incapable of a strictly pure monogamous relationship with Christ because we are not perfect. We physically and emotionally cannot all the time approach the throne of God without any self-promotion or unrighteous gain. There is a heart to the things that we pray over, whether it be financial increase and money management or your marriage because that's difficult or that college acceptance letter for your children or even for that cure for your mom. There is a reason we pray and seek the Lord. And without those reasons, without those pains or difficulties, the unevenness and the unfairness that we, without all of those things, we would be serving God for convenience and not out of reverence. And he is so holy, always holy, not just in a crisis. Our call to humility is one of transparency, one that exhibits Christ in and through us, but we are more preoccupied with taking pretty pictures of our Bibles than we are being real Bible people. And I don't mean that abrasively, but it's something that we have got to stop. We want to determine and dictate how we share the love of Christ. But when is the last time it has actually cost you something to share the gospel or to go out of your way to do something, to serve somebody are you humble enough? Like, my husband is a dishwashing fool. He can wash the fool out of some dishes. And he does. He washes the dishes without fail. I never have to touch a dish in our house. He handles all of that. 
but where he and I, one of our greatest differences is I am an early riser or early go to better, and he is a stay up later, I struggle to get out of bed in the mornings kind of person. And about a week ago, he did all he could to beat me out of bed so that he could fix me a pot of coffee and bring me a cup of coffee before I got out of bed. And it was the sweetest thing because I heard him hit every wall from our bedroom to the kitchen to try to beat me to the coffee pot just so he could do something nice for me. And we want to take pretty pictures of our Bibles or we want to do something that is cost us something, but something that we're used to doing, like him washing the dishes. But when do we want to beat ourselves up and down the walls to beat somebody to a blessing? When do you step outside of your comfort zone with the gift that Christ has given you and said, I am terrified of this God, but you have called me to that. I choose you and I choose to serve you. So I'm going to step outside of myself and do this. Revelation says that it is by the blood of the Lamb and the power of our testimonies that souls are saved because we did not fear death. And that means stand up and be real. Like no one, no one gets happy pretending to be happy. There's no real healing. There's no real hope there. We need revival. When I quit trying to be the tough, you can't hurt me, talk about me all you want to, but I'm fine, I'm stronger, you can't break me, divorced girl, and I started being the Lord, I'm sorry, Lord, it hurts, I can't do this, I can't breathe, save me, Lord, please help me, divorced girl, life started Changing, not because I have that spiritual power, but because I was honest. And God gifted me a spiritual opportunity there that saved not only my soul, but my life. I was at a place in my life where breathing felt like it was a choice and I had to remind myself to take the next step. And God met me there, and he said, this is a mess. Let me use it. And so I was just messy. I took the situation that I had created for myself, and I made a ministry out of it. The Lord grew a ministry out of that. And gosh, did I fear that gift. I still Fear that gift, but I stepped into the authority of Christ as Lord that he so freely and infinitely gives. And in that, in his power, walls were folded and people wanted to talk to me. But nobody still wants to stand. And the walls that we are building around ourselves to protect us, the things that says my marriage is perfect, but it's not. My finances are a mess, but I'm going to buy that 
brand new vehicle anyway because I want to set the image. My kids drive me nuts, but I'm going to post the pictures that I am the perfect mom, like image after image after image, instead of just being real. Those walls that we build are the very ones that are closing around us. It's not your circumstances that have you feeling unhappy. It's your guard. It is not your circumstances. It is your guard. It is the walls that you think are protecting you that are making you feel like you have got to keep face when in reality God destroyed it. He destroyed it all yesterday, today, and if we so choose to trust him, he will still stand and be our warrior tomorrow. But we have got to get dressed and quit hiding from the pain and embrace what God has trusted us with and push forward and grow our kingdom. That scripture said, let evil be evil. And the filthy be filthy, but let the righteous still be good. And it tickles until it doesn't. And it is exhausting when you continue to plead with God and he just says no. But this is just a visit. It's temporary and it will all be over soon. But until it is, let us go to work. Let us go to war. It doesn't have to feel fair for you to be faithful. I sat in my bed and I read that scripture over and over. And I put my pen down. I didn't write anything. I didn't take notes. I just looked at it. Overwhelmed it. How good I want to be for the Lord, but also recognizing just how far I have to go. I want it to be fair. Or maybe not even to be fair, but to just get some relief. And instead, God gave me reinforcement in that moment. In that moment, he said, Katie, I see you and I know your heart. And I know that there are pieces of you that still feel betrayed or angry. But I also see those pieces that yearn to be good and to please me. The pieces that you are asking me to fix are the very same ones that I'm using to heal you. One hurt feeling after another. Keep trying. I'm coming. I am here. I always have been. And that is just so overwhelming to me that God loves me so much that he would rather see me hurt to heal than he had heal me for me to stray. That he wants my love out of reverence and not out of convenience. We as the church are not making the biggest impact because we are missing the greatest point. And that point is that God spoke our entire world into existence, breathed life and conquered death. He does not need us for anything, but he chooses us anyway to use us. 
to tell who he is and what he is about. And that speaks so much more of him than it does for us because he loves us. Paul said, I begged God to take that away, but he didn't want me to get proud. So instead of taking my pain, he gave me strength and told me that I am at my strongest when I am my weakness. And because I am strong in weakness, then I am so content to have weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. God said, let the evil be evil and the filthy be filthy, but let the righteous be good. It does not matter what everybody else is doing or what everybody else is saying or how hurt your feelings are. You be good and you use where you are at and you carry it out into the world and you be open and honest and transparent and then you change lives. It tickles until it doesn't. But even when it doesn't feel good, it is protection. Let us pray. God, thank you for who you are, God, for knowing what we need before we need it, God, for not growing impatient with us when we continually ask you to fix X, Y, and Z, God, when we ask you to heal and to draw closer, but then we get angry because you didn't do it our way. God, I'm sorry that we feel like sometimes that we know more than you do. God, I thank you for the thorn, for the pain, for what you have trusted to me to grow me into someone more holy and in your image. God, I pray that we would take this message to our hearts and that it wouldn't matter how we are treated or how betrayed we feel, but that we would know that you have already endured the greatest of betrayals, God, and that you did so for healing and that you are the perfect martyr for unfairness and that we would just step into that, God, and understand the sacrifice that you made, that we would so freely forgive those and be happy to step into the kingdom with those that have hurt us, God, because if things were fair, God, we would never get to see you face to face. God, I thank you so much for your mercy in the messes, God. I thank you, Lord, for you. If you were encouraged by today's message, hit subscribe and meet us here again. Or head on over to Katie's website, messandmercy.com, to find more encouragement like free devotionals, Bible studies, and the blog. Thank you for tuning in to the Mess and Mercy podcast. We hope to see you again.